Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, along with Mike Sealski. I am Glenn Mack now as we head to the final regular season game of the Eagle season tomorrow. And, Mike, I will tell you right now, you see this hand, how calm it is? <laughs> now look at this one. You are shaking like a leaf, my uh, friend. Well, uh, you know, we did this last week on a scale of 1 to 10. What was your worry level? I think that was about a 3.5. You might have been a little bit lower. I was a 1 or a 1.5. Yeah, well, I'm telling you right now, I'm about a, and this is not related to tomorrow's game per mm -hmm. se, which the Eagles should win handily, but for where I stand right now, I'm about a 6, pal. Yeah, I'm at a 4 or 5, I'd say, somewhere in that in that okay. range. And I mean, that's a... That's a jump of what four or five mm -hmm. times what I was. Uh, I don't think you can, you couldn't watch what happened against the Saints last week and come away with any other feeling. No, and I know, uh, and listen, everybody's got their own opinion, and I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong with their opinion. But if everybody's like, ah, that's fine, that's well, let's go through it here. All right. By the way, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Love to talk to you today. For the moment, I want to put the quarterback aside. Okay. It's clearly the big issue, but sure. I want to kind of look with you as to whether this is a bump in the road or something more. And okay. so I'll start with this. Two teams, uh, inferior teams, I'm talking about the Saints and Washington, not mm -hmm. the Cowboys game, but Washington, have used the same game plan on offense to beat the Eagles, which is run the ball three, four yards at a clip, squeeze out the clock, um, they know they don't have the offense to win the game if it's a high-scoring game, mm -hmm. so hold on to the ball. And I worry that that may be, and I'm going to get to the pass defense in a moment, but just in terms of the run defense, has that exposed a weakness in the Eagles, a way to beat this team? Has this set a model for the playoffs? I think it could with a better team, yes. I think this has happened throughout the season. If you go, you're right certainly about the Saints game on Sunday where they, you know, 15 play, 75-yard drive. The Eagles offense is just sitting on the sideline while their defense is on the field for the better part of the entire first quarter. I think that the offense finally got on the field with, what, six minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, and Washington did exactly the same thing. And on the one hand, you can say, well, the, uh, the defense only gave up 13 points against the Saints, but it's more a matter of timing and mm -hmm. tone setting the, the fact that this keeps happening on the first possession or early in a game, it just it gets the game off to a bad start. And I know you don't want to go to a quarterback, the quarterback situation, but certainly against the Saints, it put more pressure on the backup 
to try to yeah, no doubt. make up for the deficit that the defense had helped create. No doubt. Okay, so off of that, I worry about Jonathan Gannon's stubbornness with playing the zone defense, uh, pass defense, and and the stats. Uh, Dak Prescott was twenty four for twenty four apparently against the zone. Yes. Andy Dalton completed his Andy Dalton Andy Dalton Andy Dalton completed his first fourteen passes last week, which raises an either or: is it that Gannon is really stubborn, or is it that Gannon, for good reason, cannot trust Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship in coverage? I think not. It, I don't think either is a good answer. I, I didn't know. Neither is a good answer. I think the injuries in the secondary are kind of taking Gannon where he's inclined to go anyway. If that makes sense, they're not as good back there without Avante Maddox and C.J. Gardner Johnson, and so he's aware of that and he's going to try to take pressure off of Josiah Scott and whoever else has to be back there, and so more zone. Um, Look, they're generating pass pressure. It's just putting a lot of pressure on their pass pressure players. <laughs> Try saying that five times fast um, to to get to the quarterback. Because if they don't get there, guys like Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott are picking them apart. Yep. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And by then, you're right. The defensive line has been spectacular, and we'll talk about those guys because they've been great. The secondary overall seems a little problematic mm-hmm. to me. We talked so long earlier in the season how well Slay is playing and Bradbury were playing, and they were. Not lately. Not, right. Not, not lately. so much right now. No, Bradbury got burned for that long uh, pass in the first half Sunday on a double move. Uh, they, they have not been as good as they were early in the season. And, by the way, again, this goes back to the coach. I don't I'm and this maybe this refers to me losing confidence in the coach. CeeDee Lamb killed your backups mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Was there a point in that game where it's like, you know, Slay, you cover this guy for a while. He's their best player. Go cover him. Yeah, there should have been. There should have been. I mean, that's why you're paying Slay all that money. He's yeah. your number one guy. All right. Um yeah. yeah Next I'm point. with you. Um, missing Lane Johnson, at least last Sunday, was worse than I expected. Jack Driscoll at right tackle was really problematic. Again, part of that to me is on Shane Steichen. And Nick, for seeming to think they could run the same offense with Gardner Minshew that they run with Jalen Hurts, the game plan made no sense. But you got killed at right, what was it, three sacks in yes. the first yeah. eight and, plays? And, and it exposes the advantages that players that, that standout players can create for an offense or a defense. The Eagles, when Lane Johnson is healthy, have the luxury of not having to help him at all. Leave him on an island. He will block Von Miller. He will block Micah Parsons. He will take care of whoever needs to be taken care of, and we can deploy the other uh, people on the line in any way we choose. You can't do that with Jack Driscoll. And to your point about the coaches, uh, they should have been running the ball more frequently than they did. Aha! That would have taken much of the pressure All right. off of this. So, Tristan. goes to the next point, which is how badly is Miles Sanders hurt? Now, I know they took him off of the injury report yesterday, which was nice to see. He had just 12 carries and no catches in a game where it did. Made mm-hmm. sense to ride him. Do I need to worry moving ahead about Miles Sanders' injury? No, I don't think you need to worry about the injury as much as I think you need to worry about how the coaching staff uses him and the other running backs. I don't want to sound like, well, for, I mean, I don't mind sounding like Ray Dittinger, Ray. Who, would, who would pound the drum Ray. for running the ball. Um, but there's a happy medium there. And 
in a situation like the one they had last week where you have a backup at right tackle and you have a backup quarterback and maybe your lead running back is banged up a little bit, you can go one of two ways. You can try to throw the ball right out of the chute the way they did and go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Or you can say to yourself, you know what, we also have Boston Scott and we also have Kenny Gainwell, who neither of whom is Walter Payton, but are both competent running backs. And we can simplify things. And we can say, you know what, the Saints are 23rd in the NFL against the run and let's just take what they are liable to give us. And I, th- I do think that, I hope I'm not painting with too broad a brush here, but I do think that the kind of coaches that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman over time have hired, whether we're talking about Andy Reid or Doug Peterson or mm-hmm. Chip Kelly or now Shane, or, uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, tend to overthink situations like this. They're reluctant to just go to... To say to themselves, you know, the shortest distance between two points is run the ball for a while because we just need to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I think the offense emphasized the Saints of the strength, which was uh, the, the I'm sorry, the strength of the Saints, mm-hmm. which was their pass defense. Yeah. And I, I think they didn't expect uh, what's his name, the cornerback who who had the pick six, Lattimore. Lattimore. Yeah. Who was on the injured list for most they didn't of the expect week him to play week. yeah and then he played and then he was great and that yeah. really hurt him and, and there's some there is something i will say this kind of in their defense there is something to the idea that you know what the two most talented players on our offense without jalen hurts are aj brown and Devonte smith let's just throw the ball to them and let them make plays i mean that's how they scored the one touchdown they scored in the game was aj brown <coughs> excuse me yep making a great play Okay, I'll let you get uh, get your breath there, and that's fine. So Sorry about that. That's okay. I get choked up sometimes when I talk about the <laughs> Eagles. I understand. Um, and so here comes Jalen Hurts. Superman is coming <laughs> out of the phone booth. Cue the John Williams music. Cue, yes, cue the great music. Uh, he have, They've not officially said he's going to play, but I think we all agree and know he's going to play. And so my question for you and for the listeners today, 215-592-9494, will Jalen Hurts solve everything that is wrong? The Eagles are 13-1 and this season when Hurts is in the lineup. They're 0-2 when he doesn't play. He's covered up a lot of mistakes this year by other people. He's been great, if healthy. Jalen Hurts comes back. Mike, as Inspector Clouseau would say, our problems are solved. The evidence that suggests. Was a bad yeah. friend. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. Um, the evidence suggests they will be. I mean, you met, you said it, Glenn. Thirteen and one with him, and the one game that they lost was not on him. I mean, that was a three-four turnover game by the offense that I don't think he was responsible for. I'm not sure if he was responsible for one of the any of the turnovers. I'd have to go back and look. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the Washington game. That was the Quez Watkins fumbles while he's in the clear. That was. Dallas Goddard fumbles when his face is almost ripped off. Uh, that was not a game that you put on Jalen Hurts in any regard. And so, yeah, if he's back and he's healthy, I do think everybody's going to go, okay, now now all is right with the world again. Um, because he's been that good, and as these last two games have shown, and we'll get into this later, he's that essential he, well, to their yeah. offense. He just is. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think the game against Dallas, you got away with kind of like, okay, well, Mitch, you did throw those interceptions, but hey, you did score a lot of points. We should be okay in the short run. They were supposed to beat the Saints with Minshew, for yeah, God's sake. Yeah, of course. And if they had beaten the Saints with Minshew, then you wouldn't have to worry about Hurts playing this week against the Giants. Now, he has to come back. He has to be a hero. I know it's going to be the Giants' backups. Presumably, it will be easy, but we've learned that presumably doesn't always work out that way, and so he has to play, and Jalen Hurts not as much tomorrow, but moving ahead, he's got to be all that. And we have learned that he, I don't want to get into the whole debate, is he the MVP? But we've learned he's that valuable to this team right now. Yeah, it is. he is. And one of the interesting things uh, that Shane Steichen and also Dallas Goddard said this week was the idea, talking about the idea of the offense not getting into a rhythm, right? They couldn't get into a rhythm against the Saints. Well, go back and, and look at some of the situations that have come up this season when Hurts was in a quarterback. It's easy to look at that and say, well, the offense was in a rhythm because it had Jalen Hurts. Well, why was it in a rhythm? It's because often the offense faces third and 10 and Hurts runs for 11 yards. Yep. Or third and five and he runs for six. Or third and five and they're so concerned that he's going to run for six that they back play off. Up. Right. And, and, and he's got an easy completion. Yep. Or fourth and one. He runs the quarterback draw, and because he's so strong, he gets the first down. Yeah, Minshew looked really bad. Not good. Not good. And that's that goes to your point about how they called plays as if Jalen Hurts were still in the game yeah, when he was quarterback not. sneak. I mean, you know, you should be able to make quarterback sneak, and Minshew should have made it, but that's yeah, yeah, that does show that. Well, we'll see. Let me take a call. We have sure. a lot more on this. Mike, uh, excuse me, John in Maniunk, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, John. Looking forward to a hey, Glenn. How you doing, buddy? Great, John. Looking forward to a new year of drinking uh, ice-cold beers at the Conchock and Brewing Company there. I appreciate that very much. By the way, we have a new version. We did the Merrill and Mike beer. We have a new version called Mike and Merrill coming out. We really get creative. That's going to be a nice, like a 5.6% Perfect. little Perfect. Uh, tailgate IPA for the playoffs. Did, did you pay uh. John to do the marketing? No, you? but okay. I appreciate John immensely, and when I see him, I'll buy him a drink. There you go. Yeah, next time I'm going to ask for that one. Thanks. Hey, a couple, uh, two points on the Eagles here real quick. Uh so I know a lot of people aren't where everyone's like worried about the Cowboys, but uh, are you guys getting a little scared or worried about like we know Brady's in, he kind of backed in on that weak division, and if uh, if F. Rogers gets in, do you think their experience could be a? I mean, they're definitely uh, they could wake up for the playoffs. I think it, I think it's a really good question, and again, yeah. I do not want to spread fear and panic, <laughs> but but. Mm-hmm. We do agree that the challenge for the Eagles is beating excellent quarterbacks, yes, right? Okay. Absolutely. You beat Rodgers this year because you put up a ton of points. And he didn't play the second half. That's right. He had the the, the thumb. It was the mm-hmm. thumb, right? Yes. Yeah. He's been pretty good since then. He's been really good since then. I haven't then. seen Brady since the playoffs last year. He was apparently really good last week. Yeah. Uh, so do I have, uh, you know, worries is a strong word, but um, I'll put it to you this way. I don't think either of those is going to be a breeze. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I look at it this way, John. Um, I, I'm I agree with Glenn that they're not going. It wouldn't be a breeze to face either of those teams. I do think that the Cowboys present a particularly challenging matchup for the Eagles, just because of the the team they are uh, and kind of the way they're constructed and their strengths kind of lining up with the Eagles' weaknesses. Uh, and San Francisco might be up and down. Although I'll tell you what, hey John, thanks so much, yeah, pal. Thanks. We'll for talk to you bye. soon. Bye-bye. I'd love to get the Cowboys here in the playoffs. I would love. I, I, maybe, maybe this is just my own 
dislike for the Cowboys? Yeah, uh, I was going to say biases and and short sightedness, but I think you get the Cowboys back here for Game Three of that set this year, and with the crowd and the Eagles and pumped, I think the Eagles would crush them. I think they'll put up a lot of points. I'll put it that way. Cowboys will. That's you know what Eagles going to. That would be like a thirty-eight, thirty-one Eagles win. I would be hesitant to say that they would crush them. I really would. Well, um, I mean, seven points probably I mean, look, isn't crush, but I think the I think they'll, they'll score a lot of points on them and win the game. They they struggled defensively, obviously, against them uh, two weeks ago. You go back to that first game where the Cowboys didn't have Dak. Uh, the Eagles get out to a big lead. They allow the Cowboys to kind of come back, you know. But it's Cooper Rush. It's not Dak Prescott, and I'm I like Dak Prescott, and he would. He would scare me in that situation. That team well, would scare 24 me. Twenty-four for twenty-four, you know, said yeah, something. But I, no, I, I, I think Eagles can beat the Cowboys here. I'm, I'd be confident. Of that. Oh, they can. But no, I'd, no, I yeah. think they would. Well, I, again, yeah, they, they got to beat the Giants first. They right. lost to the Saints, so <laughs> I spent the first fifteen minutes talking about all these problems. So I don't, I don't mean to just uh, gloss over it. And the other thing is, and maybe you'll think I'm crazy. I think I'd rather play against Brock Purdy and the Niners in the playoffs than I, I Rodgers and Brady man I don't I don't want to see those guys I, I don't think they as Rodgers has been better the last few weeks I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the same Aaron Rodgers I don't think Tom Brady is the same Tom Brady those teams would not those two teams would not scare me more than the Cowboys or the 49ers mm. even with Brock mm-hmm. Purdy at quarterback okay. You know the team I think we all agree it would be the best matchup? The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it crushed yeah. those. What was that, 31-7 to 7 last time? Yeah, something like that. 38-7. Yeah. to 38-7. to 7. I don't want to leave out that last touchdown. <laughs> that was all important. Are we talking about the NFC Championship game or week two this season? No, I was talking about the NFC Championship okay. game. Yeah, uh, as was I. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because they did crush them earlier this season, too. Greatest game I've gone to ever in Lincoln Financial Field. I, was, I could have Do we agree? Yeah. The uh, the moment that Patrick Robinson yeah. got into the end zone, that's yeah. as loud as that building has ever been. Yeah, it changed the momentum, man. Yep. yep. Vikings scored first. Mm-hmm. Then they get the ball again. They're kind of moving. Yep. You're thinking, oh, no. And Chris Long hits Case Keenum, yeah. and the ball flutters out of his hands, yep. and the rest is history. Uh, it was great after that. Everything was great. All <laughs> right. That was fun. Hey, coming up on the show, uh, we are going. We got a lot we're going to uh, get into today. Certainly, we're going to talk about the case of uh, Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. His injury, his his seemingly miraculous recovery, which has been just great, and what that means for the league, rescheduling of games, and the mindset of a lot of people. We're going to get the view from New York on tomorrow's game with Newsday NFL writer Tom Rock. We're going to tell you what we're watching, uh, but it's really all about kickoff tomorrow, four twenty-five p.m. And Jalen Hurts comes back. Is everything going to be okay? Because Jalen Hurts is coming back. What do you think? 215-592-9494. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors, there is no better time to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sales event. Now, the great people at Guided Door and Window are extending their big winter sale through January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. That's right. Receive 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window. That also includes free high-performance low-E glass. And if you're in the need of a new door, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for a limited time only, so you got to act quickly. If your home needs new windows and doors... 
Call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. What do you think? Jalen Hurts comes back tomorrow. Are all the problems solved? What is your level of concern moving forward? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling as confident as you were a couple weeks ago? Is it all going to come back? I'm a little nervous. I think they have played. They've, they've hit a certainly a speed bump or a pothole. I'm not sure. Is it a speed bump or a pothole they've hit? I, I think it's more than a pothole. Okay. Yeah. I, and it, I Ditch. Mean, yeah, I think they need. Uh, they're waiting this? for AAA to come with, uh, okay. you know, some help. All right. So, how worried are you? That's what we want to know. All right. I'm worried about one thing, and one thing only, and that is the fact that there's a very good chance I owe you, <laughs> producer Kyle Quinn, and producer Dan Wilson. That's Buzz to you. Yeah, still understand how his name changed to Buzz all of a sudden, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, dinner. Uh, probably at Ralph's Restaurant, which is always a fun place to take people for dinner. 
because we had a stupid football bet, which has certainly been dynamic this year. At one point, you were up six to one, and I was ready to concede. I think I offered to like, buy you a cheap. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take you to McDonald's for lunch. If it, we it was going to be Chick Fil A after this yeah, show. Yeah, I think. yeah, but no, you you didn't do it. And I came back from down six to one to tie it up. The parameters of the bet are kind of simple, which is. I get a point every time the Eagles return a kickoff beyond the 40-yard line mm-hmm. or any punt return that goes for more than 20 yards. Correct. They suddenly found the magic in this a few weeks ago. I, I, I insist. I think that you contacted Michael Clay and Howie Roseman and that you stacked the deck against me once I got off to that start. And they turned their special teams around just so... You wouldn't have to pay for it. Well, they put Boston Scott in all of a sudden, and Boston Scott was really good. You get a point for every muffed or fumbled punt, Mm -hmm. which we had a few of early in the year. Yes, not so many lately. And a point for any kickoff return that does not get back to the 20-yard line. Correct. That's it. It's pretty basic. I'm betting on the Eagles to return well. You're betting for them to not. As I said, I was down 6-1. It got back to 6-6, two weeks to go in the season. Momentum on my side. I was staggering. I was wobbled. And And then, then, first kickoff of the third quarter last Sunday, here's what happened. Here's Will Lutz to kick off, and it's high, and this is not deep. Boston Scott comes up and captures it at the three. Out to the five, the ten, fifteen. There's a penalty flag, and don't tell me this is coming back. He only got up to the eighteen. Tell me it's going to come back to the nine. Really good coverage by the Saints. Receiving team, number 58. Half the distance to the goal. Philadelphia keeps the ball. First time. It's on Kyron Johnson. So half the distance. You didn't even need the penalty. You won nope. before the penalty. Just insult to injury for you, Glenn. I was I was like Rocky and Rocky II. I wasn't going to switch and go back to Southpaw. You stick with, with what got you there and... I'm I'm throwing haymakers at Apollo Creed right now. Yeah, so a stupid football bet that uh, actually got pretty interesting. Does remain interesting. Tomorrow is the last game. I'm going to be watching a lot of things. Jalen Hurts' performance, maybe more than that. The return, <laughs> the return. I'm going to be writing I just on need de- one. I'm going to be writing on deadline, Glenn. I have to file a column the instant that game ends tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to be able to concentrate on what I'm writing. Yeah, because I will be so nervous and worked up about it. Yeah. Game. Well, the good news is Nick may be pulling some first stringers That's as the true. game goes on, but he's not going to be doing it with special teams. So what happens? Like, suppose. Boston Scott returns a kickoff for yeah. a touchdown. So yeah, those double Brit- points. Britton Covey breaks one for 45 yards. Yeah. Um, you know. It, what happens what is happens. you owe dinner. Yeah. No, I know I owe dinner. It's just it would be uh, it would be a sight to see one person jumping up and down in the press box. Yes. <laughs> that actually happened. As, as you know, and I think most listeners know, you're not allowed to cheer in the press box. Oh, not at all, no. You are not allowed to wear colors in the press box. Uh, a friend of ours one time, um, when uh, his hometown team was playing one of our teams in a postseason game, I'm really trying to be as mm-hmm. unrevealing as I can, came wearing a baseball cap of that team because it was his hometown team and was told, you have to take this off no, in the no, press no, box. No, no, right? No. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but there was one time Ray and I had the the stupid football bet, and it was on um, what's his name, the Aussie punter, the first Aussie punter. Oh, um, Savraka. Yeah, Savraka, 
and it was oh god it was such a stupid bet it was how many <laughs> how many punts i think of 60 yards or more savraka would have that season because i i'm thinking he's ray guy and right. he wasn't no and he was he was a guy he was not ray guy <laughs> he wasn't the guy either that's right and so uh we're in the press box and ray's like six seats down from me and raka boots one and it goes and it rolls and it rolls and it's like i start to get up and 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 uh, Jeff Ash, who's the press mm-hmm. box announcer, that punt by Sav Rocca, 59 oh. and a half yards. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And, yeah, then so Glenn, and then at that point, Glenn slumped back down into his chair. Uh, a beaten man. I lost that bet, but there you go. All right. Uh, there's, a, there's a big question I want to discuss about tomorrow and the Eagles moving forward this season. And I believe it's something that you and I share an opinion on. Yesterday, or earlier this week, the Eagles coaches kind of hinted. Well, you were, you were around, so mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll pose it to you as a question because I think I got this right that they're going to try to be a little more careful with Jalen Hurts? Is that what's going on? They are saying that they are. Uh, Shane Steichen uh, basically admitted as much. Jeff McClain asked him, uh, you know, are you going to have to adjust the play calling at all to accommodate the fact that Hurts isn't at 100%? And Steichen said, well, if he plays, yes. Um, But, and this is the part that I think you and I agree on, there is no indication from this entire season that they will do that or that they can or should do that because Hertz is the alpha and omega of this offense. And so if you take away something that he brings to the table, you're hampering the entire flow of the offensive unit. So I would be surprised if they dialed back tomorrow against the Giants. Um, Absolutely. I mean, they may a little bit tomorrow against the Giants because it's the Giants' second stringers mm-hmm. and you ought to be winning the game, and he is just back. However, moving forward into the playoffs... You can't dial it back. No. Here's the here's one of the ugly realities of pro football. Um, and, I, and I know this is going to sound particularly crass in terms of what happened with DeMar Hamlin, and I, and I really don't want these two things to connect mm-hmm. because one is a life-threatening heart attack that, that the guy had on the field as rare as that is, and the other is basically the player's limbs. Right. The players are the equipment in pro football. Yes. And I'm not, that is not to belittle the relationship between the players and the coaches who love their players and certainly hope their players stay healthy. But the bottom line impetus in pro football is to win. Yep. And with the Eagles, it's to win now. We went into the season – I went into this season thing like, you know what? They're going to be really competitive and they're going to make the playoffs and they got a shot, but they're really built for the long run. Mm-hmm. They're not built for the long run. No. They're built for now. They have so many good players on one-year contracts or the final years of contracts or kind of moving to a later stage of their career. Brandon Graham's having a great year. Yeah. I, I'm not betting on Brandon Graham's future. No. That. For most of this year, and maybe even still now, they're the best team in the league. You got to win now, and winning now means you got to do whatever it takes to win now. And that means using Jalen Hurts recklessly. We're used to thinking of young star athletes in every sport, including the NFL and particularly a quarterback, as guys who are going to be around for a while, and therefore, oh. If it doesn't work out this year with Bryce Harper, it's okay. He's going to be here 13 years. 
The problem with that thinking in the NFL with respect to the quarterback position is that these guys don't make very much money when they're starting out in the league, and it's a salary cap league. So the fact that they don't make a lot of money allows a general manager like Howie Roseman to acquire a whole bunch more talent to put around him. So you get a situation like the Eagles have this season with Jalen Hurts, who's playing great and counting less than $2 million against the cap. You got to strike now because eventually, one would think, you may have to pay him $30, $45 million a year. And it becomes harder to build a great team around them. You got a great team right now, you take advantage of it. You wring every drop you can out of this kid. And if he's hurt, you know, this is the NFL. You play when you're hurt. And it sounds really crass. It does. It sounds terrible, but it's true. But it really is true. You and I looked at this like a month ago, and I wish I had saved the numbers, but we looked at the quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls or been to Super Bowls over the last, I don't remember, 10, 15 Mm -hmm. years. I think it was you and I. Maybe yeah. I did it with Jody. It was you and I did I it? I think it was, okay. yes. Um, and how many of those quarterbacks were on their first contracts, mm-hmm. right, and making rookie figures? And that's how you do it yeah. because you can build a team around them. You look at the teams that have veteran quarterbacks. You look at how Green Bay has had to scale back, how Tampa Bay has had to let guys go because you're paying your quarterback. And they're gonna you're paying your quarterback a fortune, and they will be paying Jalen Hurts next year. 35, 40, yeah. whatever. I mean, maybe the year after, but, but soon enough, yeah, and, he's and, going to make that, and you're not going to be able to bring in the Bradberries and the Kaiser Whites and these guys that are really filling holes for you this year and doing it so well, and you're going to have to make tough decisions. Boy, can we keep A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Right. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's, that's a lot of money and, to devote to that position. And how many guys are out there really who – are good enough to take whatever a team has and keep them at the level that the team was when that guy was on his rookie contract. How many Patrick Mahomes are there? How many Josh Allens are there? How many Rodgers and Brady's in their prime are there? These teams will sign these quarterbacks to these contracts, and then they can't build uh, a better supporting cast around him, and you're kind of stuck. But what do you do? Do you let do you let the quarterback walk away? Without no. paying him? No, because the, one of the things that is very apparent is it's it's extremely difficult to win in the NFL without a top-tier quarterback. Mm. Consistently, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Niners that, get there this year on right. their defense, although maybe that kid is really all that, too. The, the other factor, too, is that, and this is the part that doesn't get talked about on shows like this, because it's so game-centric and football-centric, is that... These franchises look at quarterbacks as the faces of their franchises. Mm-hmm. These owners want Tom Brady because he's good-looking and yeah. he's he has a great story and he's married he was married to the supermodel and they want these guys to be celebrities cuz it helps them make money. Yeah, and by the way, Jalen Hurts doesn't have that public personality. Right. But Jalen Hurts fits that bill. Absolutely he does. I mean, he is a admirable, good-looking, smart, well-spoken leader. He's he's a superhero, man, yeah. and, and, and he, he fits the bill. Yeah, and to tie this all together, uh, one of the reasons that I think Hurts needs to come back and one of the reasons that he will help the Eagles so much when he does come back tomorrow, I think, is that he brings a measure of gravity and seriousness to the team Yeah, that I think they've kind of been lacking yeah, the last I couple of weeks. Yeah, I do too. That's, that's the leadership element. Yeah, yeah, you know. Should he carry the ball 17 times a game? Probably not. I don't think he's going to do it tomorrow. Is it going to be the plan moving forward? You bet it is. Is it going to jeopardize his health? Unfortunately, yes. 
you got to win now, and winning now involves Jalen Hurts doing Jalen Hurts magic. I would have Jalen Hurts carry the ball in the first play from scrimmage tomorrow. Just to, just to plant the seed in the Giants' heads and everybody else around the league, I would have him carry the ball in the first play. Interesting. 215-592-9494. We love your thoughts on that. Coming up, we're going to talk about what really was, amazingly, the big story in the country this week. Well, other than Kevin McCarthy, I guess. But <laughs> We're not going to politics. No. God. No. No, we are not. But the story that, that everybody, whether you're a sports fan or not, followed, which is that of DeMar Hamlin, uh, fortunately, things are looking better. And an aspect of it where I, people are just getting this wrong. People are looking at it from the wrong perspective. Mike Seals. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack now, 215-592-9494. We don't take a lot of phone calls during the show often, but we got time for it today, and it's a little slow on the phone, so we invite you to call. All right, we want to talk about the issue, the um, the big issue of the week, which was uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. I was watching that. I don't know if you were watching it live. I was not. I was actually at okay. the Sixers game with friends. I, right. I wasn't even covering the game, and I didn't have my phone on me. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean— Good for you in terms of living your life. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the game, and it was one of the scariest things I ever saw. The good news now is that he's doing much better. He FaceTimed with Bill's players yesterday. He FaceTimed with Miles Sanders yesterday, who's mm-hmm. his friend from childhood in Pittsburgh. Uh, the doctors say that he's regained uh, a lot of what they were they were worried about. Uh, do we have that cut? Um now, you know what? I'll play that later. When we have the team doctor, I'll have that because there's an interesting cut from one of the doctors. And by the way, the name to remember, uh, the hero in this thing is a guy named Denny Kellington, mm-hmm. who is the Bills uh, trainer who performed CPR on Hamlin before he got to the hospital. And they said, like, he he saved his life. He saved his life. Brought him back. He saved his life. So it became, as you know, a like there were three stories that led the news this week. I watched the news a lot. Okay, one was the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. One was the they caught the guy, the alleged killer in the Idaho, Idaho case. Yes. And the third was this. Mm-hmm. And I had some people who were critics of the thing, saying like, you know, people die at their job every day. Why is this like a national story? Um, I think it's. I'm going to put it on the tee for you. Mm-hmm to hit it 300 yards, but I will ask you, why did this resonate with so many people? Because football has become the closest thing to a national religion or national connective tissue that we have. The NFL took away Sundays, Sunday mornings from church. It took away Sunday evenings from 60 minutes. It's become the thing as much as anything else, I think, that unites millions of people in this country and millions of people were watching that game uh, and saw what happened to DeMar Hamlin. They were able to connect about it on social media. I mean, I don't know about you, Glenn. My entire Twitter feed, my entire Facebook feed became forums for people to weigh in or emote about what they had seen and what had happened to this young man. And I think in today's day and age of the 21st century and media and our culture, this kind of incident... uh, brings people together, I guess, is the way you'd phrase it, uh, in a way that very few events do anymore. Uh, All of the above, and it brings out the best in people. It it allows 
people the opportunity to have the best come out. Okay, so I'll mention the two other stories, right? Mm-hmm. So one was, again, the House of Representatives. That brings out the divisiveness in Sure, people, of course. Right? It just brings out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. I hate this side. I hate that side. Uh, the killing in Idaho is, I mean, it's a shame and it's a terrible thing, and there's not really much that people can say. No, and it's terrifying. Right, and it's terrifying. This is the opportunity for people to commiserate, to mm-hmm. root for the kid. Some people say they pray about it. I donated to the charity. They, they, Jeez, they've gotten over $8 million. He it's, had it's a little incredible. GoFundMe to raise uh, money for toys for kids. I forget if it was Buffalo or Pittsburgh or both, but mm-hmm. whatever. And his goal was $2,500, and he's now over $8 million yeah. because the whole country is, hey, what can I do to show support? And the other dynamic too, Glenn, is that this – this happened without apparent blame. It just happened. Yeah. It, it wasn't as if he was the victim of a dirty hit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as if it happened in the course of a particularly violent moment in a particularly violent game. There was nowhere to, to say it's this person's fault and he's bad. And this is the reason this happened. Agreed. Um, and one other thing, and then I do want to get to a couple calls here. There is a narrative that came out this week that, oh man, football. Mm. I don't know if I can watch football. Look at this. this football is a bad thing. Football. This has this is not at all about football. No, it, it it really isn't. The Wall Street Journal did a terrific story this week where they talked to several doctors who deal with the condition that apparently uh, Hamlin had, which is the the technical term for it is. Commodio cortis, which is basically uh, you experience trauma to your chest and the heart, and it affects the electrical system of your body. And one of the things this this article pointed out is there's a window where if you get hit in the heart, this will happen to you. That window is about 30 milliseconds. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about getting hit by a lightning bolt to have this happen. There have been 24,000 pl- guys who have played in the NFL this has never happened before. This particular sort of incident, you know, there was a player who died in a game, but it was a different set of circumstances than this. And so, I think the hand wringing over football and its violence um, it did get a little too much over the course of the week. I think most people who follow the sport now have that baked into what they bring to the table when they when they sit down. And watch yeah, I a think game. the people who who said or wrote, "How can we ever watch football again?" are not people who watch football. Not very much anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, boy, there's nobody who could call in who would be more relevant at this time than our friend Geary. I think you might have talked to him the last couple of weeks. Geary, a uh, regular caller, mm-hmm. is a guy who was a ref in a college game and had a heart attack on the field. Geary, I'm curious how you Glenn? felt seeing this DeMar Hamlin thing. Well, uh, uh, let me bring it to Monday night. Um, I'm, I'm watching it. Uh, in my house and watching a game, and all of a sudden this happens. I says, wow. And not even five minutes went by. And Tim Neal, who was the head trainer uh, at Syracuse at the time, who saved my life, called me. And he said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine. You know, um, I said, more so my daughter, Jennifer, and um, and my son uh, had more more uh, of a uh, more of a uh, deja vu type of thing for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because they what they went through it. They're watching me. Yeah, they viewed it. You know, yeah, you lived yeah. it, right? Yeah, and uh, but then 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 uh, Tim also you brought up uh, Mr. Killington, the you know, Denny Killington. Yes. Well, believe it or not, he was a student of Tim's. Oh so wow! Huh? Isn't is that crazy? And yeah. He, he he taught um, with uh, with my um, uh, my doc, you know, my my situation. Uh, he he knew knew about it, and and uh, that and Tim always taught taught about uh, AEDs and and stuff like that. But what, what a crazy, you know, what a crazy. That's a uh, remarkable set of circumstances. Connection. Yeah, the the work done. Um, I mean, by by all accounts, the work done on the field that quickly in you know pressure filled potential panic situation, right? By those guys was remarkable. Yeah, it was, and and it was just like that. Brought back memories from my kids because they said, "Dad, it, it actually happened the same way." I mean, I mean, they they got that AD out and. Which you know, Glenn, uh, we spoke a lot of times, and that was the very first time they've ever had it on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and um, but and through a, a donation from Don Mc, McNabb, Nab, uh, which is even which even stranger, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Donovan made a contribution, yep. and they bought defibrillators. So it was just like, wow, this is like, uh, and I got uh, two two. Uh, TV stations call and radio yeah. stations. What happened to you was was, was remarkable. Yeah. Again, you were refing a game, had a heart attack during the game <laughs> on TV, uh, and uh, and here you are. That was how many years ago now? It'll be 22 in uh, September. Oh, God wow. bless you. That's You're doing amazing. all right, pal. Yeah. Thanks, yep. Gary. Thank it's you so much for calling. Day. Hey, Mike, thank you. You ha- you guys have a great day. Always right. a pleasure. You too. Thanks. Um Ah, oh, Lou. Uh, one of my favorite callers, Lou from Mount Royal Laurel, was next. He hung up. Lou, call back. I got to get you in here. Um, you wrote a piece this week about mm-hmm. the only player to on in the history of the NFL to die on the field during yeah. a game. A wide receiver, Chuck Hughes uh, of the Detroit Lions, had played a little bit for the Eagles. Tell us a little bit about that circumstance. So Hughes actually was an Eagles draft pick. He was a fourth round pick uh, out of UTEP. He had been a terrific receiver there. Uh, and he spent a few years with the team, with the Eagles, three years, couldn't get on the field very much. They had a couple of really good receivers in Ben Hawkins and Harold Jackson at the time. Ooh. So they trade him to... Uh, Loved Harold Jackson. Yeah. They trade him to the Lions. He gets a little more playing time there. And on October 24th, 1971, the Lions are playing the Bills at Tiger Stadium in Detroit. The Lions are driving, trying to take the lead. They're down 28-23. And Hughes, I think, had just caught a pass the play or two before. And he's trotting back to the huddle, and he just falls. Uh, he's got a blood clot in one of his arteries, and he's pronounced dead later that day. Uh, from what I understand, the the person on the field who signaled to officials that this was really serious, because initially players on the Bears thought that Hughes was faking an injury to try to stop the clock, and the person on the field who pointed out that he wasn't was Dick Butkus. Yeah. This was really... Serious. Yeah. I, by the way, uh, when we were talking about this last night, I'm not going to play it on the air because it's long and it doesn't add much to the conversation, but what would be interesting for you is I found the audio of that game mm. uh, where the announcers are speculating like what happened. He's down. He's not yeah. moving. They're doing CPR. They're doing mouth to mouth and so on. It's, listen, knock on wood, it's amazing and astounding mm-hmm. that they've been playing this sport for more than 100 years 
It is a violent sport. It is a sport beyond violent that involves all running and so on. And we've only had that one. You know, it's interesting, Glenn. One of the other dynamics that played out in the aftermath of what happened with Hamlin was kind of the the uniform belief that the Bills and the Bengals should not continue the game, right? Yep. They, they can't finish the game. Yeah, we're going to talk about that coming up. So three or four years ago, I did a story about a high, a high school football referee in Delaware who died of a heart attack during a game in 2016, and they finished the game that night. He, he fell to the ground after a play. The ambulance took him off the field, and they continued playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if in, at any level of football – could you do that well, now? Right. In this one in Detroit, they did. Yeah. Yeah. They finished the game in Detroit in yeah, 1971. Which is, which is I, I thought in Buffalo, they made the right call. Again, we'll talk about that. Or, I mean, excuse me, in Cincinnati, they made the right call. Last thing about this. Uh, cheers and salute. Vincent Louis Basile. Do you know who he is? I do not. He is an ER doc who was dressed in full mummer's outfit who was at the link Mm. on New Year's Day, administered CPR to somebody in the upper level who Mm -hmm. had a heart attack and saved his life. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I did see that story. If you know Vince, I'd love to hear from him. I don't know if he's talked to other shows or not. I actually did hear something from him, and he, uh, the ER doctor, said that the guy's first question when he woke up was, what's the score of the game? Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Vincent, if you're out there, if anybody knows Vincent, we're here till one. We would love to hear from you. I Great work by you, yeah. by the way. Well, that apparently was DeMar Hamlin's first thing he said yesterday was, did we win yep. the game? Yep. And the doctor said? No. <laughs> no. He said he said you won the you game won of life. Game. Yep. Yeah. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Now your call is coming up on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.